Hi and welcome to Coffee Pods. It is great to be back with you and good to be back with you. Wes, how are you doing? Doing okay, thank you. Ready for another one? Yes, I like looking at all these different topics. It's nice to pull them apart. And uh, I'm excited for today because we are looking at a topic that we've been exploring at this month's um, Christian Healing Academy. We were looking at um, the Bible and healing and some of the things that were going on, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, weren't we? Um, There is clearly healing taking place. Uh, We see it in the pages of the Bible. (laughs) Um, But there are some strange things, to be honest, aren't there? What is going on? Can you just give us some examples (laughs) of what those strange things might be? Yeah, thanks. I mean, it's really funny, isn't it? Um, When you read the Bible, um, we sort of filter out what looks like the chaos, Um, principally because I guess in church we try and keep things really tidy so Mm -hmm. that, you know, nothing can possibly go wrong. But as you look through the Bible, there are some stories that you want to think, gosh, if that happened on Sunday morning, you know, um, you know, in the service, we'd be going, really? You know, get out of it. So, um, you know, in a sense, the question really, as, as I read both Old and New Testaments, are how far would you go to release or receive healing? Now, I, I'm not suggesting, um, you know, that, you know, we, we go crazy and whatever, but it, it, it just struck me. There's a great question there, isn't it? How far would you go? Yeah. Either as the person needing healing yeah. or as the person who's been called to pray for, to release him, what, how far would you go with it? So, I mean, take a story like Naaman, for instance. He's, he's uh, you know, he's a, a very senior official in a very powerful kingdom. And he goes to church, okay, the prophet, and the prophet doesn't even come out. He just says, uh, you've got leprosy, go and wash in the Jordan seven times. You know, dip yourself in the river. I mean, I mean, I don't know whether you would ever think of saying to somebody, yeah, you want to be healed. Just go down to the local creek and, you know, <laughs> splash around there. I mean, you wouldn't do it, would you? You yeah. just think, hang on, it's too chaotic. So let me give you some other ones. How about spit? Um, you know, we were always taught as children not to spit. It was yeah. rude to spit. But of course, in the uh, New Testament, there are two stories of Jesus using saliva in the process of healing. Uh, one, he puts it, you know, on the man's tongue. Uh, and, and another time he he spits on the ground. I mean, can you imagine this? He spits on the ground and he makes mud, you know, <laughs> and he puts it on the man's eyes and tells him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. Another guy, he puts his fingers absolutely into his ears. And, um, you know, you think, oh, just think of all the wax and yeah. stuff that, you know. You, I mean, they're the sort of stories that make you think, oh, I'm not quite sure about this, to mm. be honest. Although I have a friend who did just pray for somebody recently who was deaf. And he just said, if I just put my hand on your ear, just gently, would that be okay? And then he said, if I maybe just gently put my finger in your ear, just gently to pray. And actually, uh, he, the guy came back to him a little while later and said, I got my hearing back. <laughs> so, you know. So the question really is, um, what was going on in the Bible? I mean, that's what you want to know, isn't it? Well, the thing, Lisa, is that in first century Palestine or even in um, Old Testament Israel and uh, Judah, um, many of those things would not have looked odd at all. 
Um, you know, um, they don't, in fact, if you take the healing of a blind man, as Jesus, you know, spits and makes mud and stuff, mm. um, there are many cultures where bodily fluids were used as part of the healing process, either by um, miracle or by medicine, mm. or even, and please Christians, hold tight here, but by magic in the sense of those who are the witch doctors, the shamans, the, you know, the, the soothsayers and all of that. So in a sense, um, for people to witness Jesus spitting and making mud, nobody would have gone, my goodness me, what is that? Mm, yeah. Because they weren't English or British or Western or whatever. <coughs> but actually, for Jesus to have taken out a laser machine and done laser surgery on the guy's eyes, that would have been shocking for yeah, them. Yeah, it would. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. So in a sense, there's something that you begin to think, okay, how much of this is our culture? And I just want to say to people, you know, please don't go around spitting at people for healing or whatever. It's not going to go well, necessarily. But, you know, there are other stories which I could uh, tell. But then there's an Old Testament story of Elisha who uh, encounters a, um, a, a boy who's died. and His mother asks them to pray. And Elisha uh, stretches himself out over on top of the boy. And the language is quite, you know, interesting. It's, it's hand to hand, face to face, you know, mm. elbow to elbow sort of type of thing. And it just says he stretched himself out over the body and the body became warm. Elisha turned away, paced back and forth in the room, as you would do. And God only did it again. And then the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Why? I have no idea. Mm. But the story challenged me with this, Lisa. How far would I go in obedience to the prompting of the Holy Spirit to see healing released for somebody else? And in, in a sense, am I trying to protect my own reputation and appearance mm. rather than necessarily saying, God, what has, has to happen? Now, please, everybody listening, I'm not suggesting at all that you have to do anything <laughs> particularly. I'm just saying if in First century Palestine in Old Testament times, they looked normal doing that. Mm. What's the equivalent for us? Yeah, it's a really good question because I think in our hearts, we would want to go as far as we possibly could, wouldn't we, to, to mm. do it? But I was just thinking when you were giving the examples of the spit, the mud, and putting the fingers in the ears, they don't, they don't um, necessarily come across as like very pastoral <laughs> it, it, you know it's it may be a little intrusive or just um yeah um, not not pastoral is the thing that really stood out to me because yeah. we do we want to pastorally care for people who we minister to but actually you know these examples are showing us that maybe there is a different way sometimes when when it comes to praying for healing for people yes there is and and uh, being um pastorally sensitive giving people dignity mm. absolutely all of those things and 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 none of although they look strange to us nobody would have thought that they were undignified mm. or inappropriate in the culture in yeah. which jesus was operating um but but the interesting thing is that yes god did step into culture and 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 use it in those senses to release his life and his kingdom um, the, the thing about body fluids is that they 
they believe then, and actually some cultures believe now, that bodily fluids um, contain the life of the person that is then transferred, the spirit of life, mm-hmm. if you like, is then transferred on to the other person. So you can see the logic a little yes, bit. Yes, yeah. And of course, we do the same thing in terms of when we lay hands on people and we're mm-hmm. asking for the transfer of the life of the Holy Spirit through us to them. Mm-hmm. And so in a sense, you can understand how they got there. So being pastorally sensitive and, and, and aware and caring for people absolutely but yeah. still the challenge yeah definitely and then I suppose it does um present us with the question of what could be the equivalent step for me to take in this generation because obviously things are different now um and so that kind of leads me into my next question as well so it's a double whammy Wes <laughs> how do, how do you know it's the right thing to do so say somebody has had a nudge of something to do that is a little bit wacky a little bit different to what they were used to how do you know it's the right thing to do yeah it, it's it's a great question uh, isn't it and i um i remember praying for a guy um and and i i i'd done something why i got it there I can't explain it's too long yeah. <laughs> but I had a I had a window with me at the time as a visual aid mm. and this guy needed healing on his foot and I talked about how um revelation is a window into god you know we see something more and yeah. and and though we're on this side of the window um there's a bigger reality on the other side of the window yeah so when I prayed for the guy I said look humor me just for a moment if you would but could you put your foot through the window? So I literally did have a window with me, hmm. a frame, and I opened the window. And as I prayed for him, uh, you know, he just placed his foot through the window on the other side yeah. because it was a bit of a symbolic thing to say, you know, this is this is what we're looking for. What is what is the new on the other side to come into this foot now? And of course, all of those things, whatever they are, are physical actions mixed with faith Mm. so we do a physical thing but actually it's not the physical thing it's the it's just an expression a focus for our faith so what i would say is um we can be respectful but we don't have to be fearful so be respectful of the person absolutely but we don't have to be fearful if perhaps there's a little bit of nudge Mm. We have to be courageous as well as being compassionate. Yeah. Particularly if, you know, we pray for something and we've said the words, sometimes it dawns on me, Lord, is there a something that we need to do? Yeah. Um, it, for instance, it, it, it interests me that in the healing of the man who's born blind from birth, Jesus does the mud thing. Yeah. Okay. Now, He's then told to go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which is presumably to wash the mud off. Hmm. Jesus could have healed. Jesus already healed Bartimaeus without any mud or any pool. So the thing that it says to me is there was something that this man's faith needed to be activated to do in order to access, access full healing. So there's my other question. Sometimes maybe after praying, is there something that needs to be done, activated. And of course, the other thing is, in a sense, um, 
absolutely ask those who are impacted by something that we might do, is this okay with you? So my friend said, look, if I put my hands on your ears, is that okay? Yeah. If I gently put my finger just in your ears there, is, is that okay? Mm. And I think it's part of the, the journey that we take with people. And we never use people to show off or display no, you know, no. if we're very spiritual. Um, we don't push people over when we pray for them and all that sort of thing. But being open to saying, God, is there a physical action mm. that would release and trigger faith? Mm. Oh, that's very helpful. Thank you. And so just to clarify, like when when it comes to that moment or if it comes to that moment of um, a physical action to activate the faith, are you asking God? Um, is it di- so is it different to when we say, um, is there anything you couldn't do before that you can do now? For example, you know, when we've prayed for somebody's healing, is it different to that or is that the same sort of physical action um great question and it it could be you know sometimes uh in somebody taking us literally physically taking a step yeah they've got an injured leg it could be like go show yourself to the priest or go wash in the pool but other times you know what's the equivalent of um laying on the dead body and and please don't feel that you have to go around and do that (laughs) but you know what is the equivalent of that what's the what's our equivalent of mud or spit yeah you know is there a something sometimes i know people have used holy water yeah. for example um i know that somebody uh, we prayed for somebody and um i i walked round them with the bible in my hand and i used the bible figuratively like a sword just cutting them off oh. from all of these things literally walking round them in the neck because the the bible is the sword of the spirit you've got the imagery yeah, um, you know, sometimes, you know, it's Jesus will take the little girl, uh, Jairus's daughter, take her by the hand and help her up. You know, yeah. you know, I you just wonder sometimes if we're praying for people who are in need like that, the hand being just helped to raise, just mm-hmm. doing those things. Whereas often we often think, well, Lord, if you're going to do it, you do it by yourself and don't yeah. embarrass me. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> You know, um, if, if, if you do it by yourself and mud comes from heaven and just drops on people, <laughs> then that's not my fault. Um, but actually, I think, Lord, I want to say, how can I cooperate with you so this person can receive the fullest amount of healing and grace and love and mercy in this moment? Wonderful. Thanks, Wes. That's really, really cool. And if you are interested in, you know, just exploring these healings in the Bible, drop us a message we can send you some scriptures that you can go and have a look at but you may be aware of them yourself just go have a look go and see what's happening and and what Jesus was doing what the disciples were doing and even in the old testament uh, we looked at Elisha just then didn't we Wes what is happening in those moments and just be inspired um, by those real stories and um, we look forward to catching you for our next podcast Um, but for now I think we'll say goodbye and uh, see you whenever we see you (laughs) so thank you thanks well bye bye